coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. Hello, Dave. Hello, Michael. It's uh, it's winter, man. It's officially winter. It is. It is. We had uh, probably five inches of snow up on the hill. It was good. Yeah. So what's going on with you? <laughs> well, uh, I told you my wife, there were some kittens, a cat with some kittens that wandered upon my property, and my wife took them in, right? I told you that? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know I have chickens, right? I knew that, yes. And sometimes when chickens, sometimes chickens are meat chickens, and you turn chickens into meat, right? And I, I won't go into any more than that, but sometimes when you do that, um, it can be messy. You know, you can imagine. And uh, all the stories you hear about how you take a chicken from a functioning chicken, a egg-laying chicken, to a meat chicken, there's a process. And sometimes that process can be messy. And so I had... Hey, Dave, all this is very foreign to me. I go to the grocery store, and my chicken is in a package. <clears throat> well, I'm sorry uh, to be graphic, but you you cut the chicken's head off first thing, and you bleed it out. Okay. Actually, you hang the chicken upside down first to calm it down. And then, anyway, it's messy. If it's uncontrolled, it's really messy. If it's controlled, it's still a little messy. So I have my leather gloves because it was cold, and I had blood on my leather gloves. You've seen that, right? Yeah, yeah. So my wife's like, hey, I'm going to take the chickens to get, no, not chickens, I'm going to take the kittens to get fixed because we're neutering the, the the kittens. There's a place in Denver that does it for 25 bucks a kitten just because I don't know how if they're funded or, or what, but uh, that's the story. So I show up with the kittens and then the kitten carrier and my gloves are on. <laughs> and the lady, that the intake lady for the kittens look at me and they look at my gloves, and they saw blood all over my gloves because it stained my gloves from the chickens. <laughs> and she didn't know whether that's kitten blood or... I just looked at her, and she looked at me, and I said, here, I'm bringing these to be, to be neutered. And she looked at me kind of funny, and I kind of wanted to say, don't ask what happened to the other five cats. Oh, <laughs> but when I wear those gloves in public, I don't think about it because, you know, it's winter, right? And I'm up in the hills. So I uh, I wear these gloves here and there, and uh, I need to be more careful because people. Uh, yeah, people you can't think go into fine dining establishments <laughs> with. Uh, I don't go into fine dining. Come on, but blood on your leather gloves. <laughs> but some people think I'm going to pull out the Jason ski mask or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I want my steak rare, or <laughs> or <laughs> let me go out back. I have a cow in the truck. <laughs> so anyway. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, that's hilarious. Oh, goodness. So, Michael, what are we talking about today? Well, um, you know, we had our big event here, and uh, one of the topics that uh, kind of really caught on was this whole notion of performance management, because we talk about doubling your valuation, um, and a big piece of that is is uh, is the performance of your of your operation um, uh, on a day-to-day basis. It can have a significant impact on your gross margin and a gross gross margin is what grows profits. So I wanted to talk a little bit about effective performance management from an operational standpoint. I like it. I like it. So uh, where do we start with that? Well, I think uh, a good start is uh, all of our clients have ERP systems. Uh-huh. Uh, Pro shop being probably the most common one. Um, but, uh, 
it's a mixed bag. Some people love their ERP system. Other people hate that they have an ERP system. And, you know, the bottom line is your ERP system is your friend. It really is. It really is. But uh, ERP system can also be your enemy if you put bad data in it. So many people just check a box for ERP. And if you're listening to this and you have an ERP, if if you're going to have ERP, do it right. Make sure you enter good times. Make sure you enter good data. Make sure you dot all your I's and cross all your T's when you enter everything. Because if you don't, it's not going to give you what you really want out of it. So make it be your friend by using it to it to the fullest. You know, there's a lot of softwares out there that uh, there's a lot of software out there that are very good for you, give you a lot of good data, but you have to kind of lean into it. You need to learn all the different angles, all the buttons, all the knobs, all the gears. So you fully use the ERP system, make sure the data that you put into it is good and consistent, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the biggest catch is uh, not only is there, you know, that's not good data you put in, but hey, you didn't put any data in at all. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, so, you know, the software's trying to manipulate what it has, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have enough to do the proper manipulations, so you don't trust the outcome. And That's how schedules go sideways. Yeah, sure. What do you mean? There's four jobs that we have that aren't in here. I just cast a schedule for the week. What? What what happened here? So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, quantities, PO entry. We could talk about... uh, we can talk about contract review. We can talk about that a whole episode. Oh, my word, yes. So, yeah, definitely definitely having a solid ERP system that gives you good, consistent, objective data is key. Yeah, what else you got? What else are you thinking? You know, for effective performance management around operations, I always go to the manager from the top down having some kind of one-on-one on a regular basis with their people and that communication is so key. You can't just throw something up on the board once a month and say, okay, guys, here we go. You got to, if you're going to effectively manage somebody's performance, you have to regularly get with them. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, um, when things do get sideways and you're ready to let the fella go and that's the first time he heard that he wasn't doing a good job. Yeah. Then, you know, that's more common than not. So, um, you can avoid that with the, with the, one, the one-on-ones. Absolutely. And I think also people should hear this, that when you do one-on-ones with your people and, uh, you have a problem kid, they realize that they've been discovered and then they leave on their own. They either shape up or they ship out on their own. You, mm-hmm. You're not in a situation where you have to fire people and deal with, um, tips and all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to remember back in psychology class in college um, what the percentage of people were non-confrontational, but it was high. It was like 90-some percent of people were non-confrontational. They don't like to be confrontational at all. Sure, sure. So one-on-ones force non-confrontational people to talk to those people, at least engage with them on some kind of level because if you're non-confrontational and got a problem person, you often see in shops that they just don't talk to them. They avoid them. Yes, but those doesn't uh, make it get better. Those frequent one-on-ones, though, Dave, mean that you're having conversations around performance that's not up to speed or not that's up right. to par at, at, at a low at a low flame. Yes, right. If you're doing it on a regular basis, the confrontation is not as confrontational as 
if you do it once every six once every six years, and then you have the conversation. It's an open flame at that point. You know, I think people normally do it once a year. Yeah. And, I mean, how it, much can happen in a year? Sure, sure. If you're lucky, you got it once a year. But but, but then but <laughs> then the conversation is, you know, you're worthless and you're killing me and blah, blah, blah. I mean, um, and the employee's like, what are you talking about? Yes, and when you have these one-on-ones, you have to use objective data in your discussion, and it has to tie to your goals. So if you have a company and you're measuring your company on safety, quality, on-time delivery, um, productivity, right? Then you should be talking to your employees in those same in that same language. Sure, sure. So if I have a manufacturing facility and I'm talking to my engineering manager, I'm going to talk about safety. Are they putting out good quality of product, and are they is is it going to be safe? Are they making sure that the programs or whatever the fixtures, all that stuff, is it is it safe? Number two, they have a list of projects they have on the board. Are they getting them done on time? Sure. Are they meeting their schedule? Sure. Three, how many times they got to put a program out on the floor? They got to put it out there four times for it to be right. You know, are they measuring that? Sure. You know, what's what's sure. their what's their quality? And the performance is once that once that process is built and launched out on the floor, how's it performing? To quote, are you beating the quoted time? Are you way past the quoted time? What have you done about that? So, and and likewise with any manager, you can talk that about quality quality people as well as managers operators operational managers that can work with everybody but use the same language that ties to the company goals what do you think of that yeah i mean i think i think you got to have company goals in the first place right i mean uh and and they should be open and notorious they should be posted you know ideally on a television so you can keep them current and uh and everybody knows what winning looks like and then and then those one on ones really start to make sense because you know our goal here is eighty percent, and you have thank you historically been at sixty percent you know what do we need to do that's right so. well, and you got an eighty twenty method too so if you're if you're managing effective performance um that means you're managing people i mean you're some kind of lead person, so you're over a certain number of human beings and if you're you can't really be, I have like a 112 rule to where one person can't have any more than 12 people. But uh, but the the thing of it is you can't be too diffused. There's, a, there's an amount of time, which we'll talk about in another podcast, that, you know, you can't spend, when you talk about uh, having these one-on-ones, you can't have 60 of them booked a week. Yeah, no, you, no you won't get them done. You can't, it can't really be more than 10, 20% of your time. Yeah. So the more people you have, the shorter the one-on-ones get. Don't ever go less than half hour. Don't ever go more than an hour on sure. your one-on-ones. Sure. There should be somewhere sure. between there, depending on um, what your ratio is. But don't don't make your job nothing but sitting down with people because you'll just want to jump off the building by the end of the week. You and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't want to hear you talk that much. No, Trust no me. not at all. They want to make parts too. Totally, totally. And then, so unpack this idea of goals a little bit for me. Well, every goal has to be a smart goal. You say this all the time. You know, it has to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant. It has to be time-bound. I always assume a goal, I'm a task guy, so I assume a goal is time-bound. So you have this to do by this date. 
if it's not time bound, then why even have a goal, right? Yeah. If it's not relevant to your business, why have the goal? If it's not attainable, then why set the goal? So I assume attainable, relevant, and time bound, um, but you got to be able to measure it or otherwise all you're doing is sitting down on a one-on-one and babbling for an hour. Yeah, but, you know, so you and I always go back and forth on this. I mean, I think, yeah, measurable is important, but if it's not time bound, um, then... It can be specific, it can be measurable, it can be attainable, it can be very relevant, but we're going to take three years to do it. I mean, because if you don't tell me when I have to get it done, it's just not going to be a priority for me, right? Yeah, I'm smiling because I remember the first time we talked to an individual you know I'm talking about. In fact, if you're listening, you know who I'm talking about. And uh, I said, hey, how long does it take to get a new project off the ground? 18 months. And I said, 18 months, huh? Yep, 18 months. I said, what about the, just a revision of a current product? 18 months. And, I, you know, my, my head started spinning around. I almost puked in pea soup. Remember that movie? Yeah. And, uh, and so it's it, it, measurable and time-bound. I, I, see, I see those in the goals that I set for people that those are tied together. It can, I don't think it can be measurable unless it's time-bound. Okay. I mean, it can, but I mean, in operational goals, in operational goals, when it comes to manufacturing, measurable always has a time element. It does. Um, so I just remember I had a company, <laughs> my little um, civil construction company, and I had a guy, my, my attitude towards my workforce in civil construction was, you can be fast and not be all that good, or you can be slow, but you better be meticulous. Right? Rough carpenter, finished carpenter. Yes, but if you are slow and have poor quality, <laughs> right? And so that's the measurable and time-bound thing, right? Yes. Um, but, but you know, smart goals. Has to be a smart goal. Yeah. Has to be a smart goal. And it, when you have these one-on-ones, you, I would strongly advise you to have a specific agenda to where you know what the agenda is the person coming in for their one-on-one has an agenda and you follow a cadence boom 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 and if it's a half hour meeting you have a 15 minute agenda if it's an hour meeting you have a 30 minute agenda and you let because things you will wind up discussing things you're not going to go exactly 30 minutes but you set it up for about half the time and give the employee plenty of time you want to you don't want to talk at the employee you want to say hey let's talk about this is delivery of your projects. This is your scrap rate. You know, this is this. Uh, I should say safety first because safety is always number one because we don't ever want anybody getting hurt. And this is your performance. This is hey, this is my expectation. Your performance based on this data and these goals I set for you. And this is what you're getting. And then you stop and you listen. Say why? Help me understand. Hey, Mr. Manager, Mrs. Manager, if you can help move this obstacle out of my way. I can get these goals done so much faster. Sure. And then you have to let the employee tell you, because you as a manager, I was saying this the other day, the manager is not where the money's made. It's not where the sausage ma- is made. The sausage is made on the floor. It's in the machine. It's in die casting machine. Machine. It's in the construction guy's hands building the building. The building. It's whatever. That's where the sausage is made. There. That's where all your money is made at the speed of which you're making the money. Sure. The manager is there to support that staff. That's where the servant leadership comes along. When they know that you'll clear an obstacle out of your way quickly, um, they'll really be there for you. I mean, the things employees will do for you when they know you have their back is amazing. It's amazing. 
Sure, and I, I think, you know, we, we do, we've been talking about having a series on these management skills. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, because uh, they are not as intuitive as one may think. In fact, you know, our statistic is uh, the Gallup organization says for 14% of the population, <laughs> it is intuitive. For 86%, it's not. What? And say management skills, you're talking like negotiation, delegation, conflict, and confrontation, and communication? Are you talking about that? Yeah, those, those are, those are the, the, the big ones. Okay. okay. Um, I like it. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you, you've got to be taught those things and how they overlay. Because when we talk about performance management, we're really talking about leveraging those skills. Right. And if you don't have those skills, then these one-on-ones are, are going to be very difficult for you. Absolutely. And if you have, if you can imagine coming into a one-on-one with an agenda and a clear set of smart goals that they can achieve in a realistic time frame, and you're talking about progress to those goals every week, they can't hide from there. Their focus is going to be on hitting those goals. And then you can lean into the employee with objective data. And if something falls short, your first question should be, what can I do to help you get back on track? How sure, do we recover? Sure, what is sure. our recovery plan? How are we going to do that? What can I do to clear the way to get you back on track? What can I do to help? It shouldn't be, damn it, you got to get back on track and you have 30 days or you have 30 days to do it or, or that's it. You can't do that. Well, the, you know, there's the flip side of that too is that it's just a great opportunity for you to recognize someone. Absolutely. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's know, not all about correction. No, no, no. I mean, if you if you say, hey, you did a great job, I'm like, whatever. Hey, you did a good job because we were shooting for 80% um, earned hours, and you've been hitting 87 for the last three weeks. That's great crazy. Job. Yeah. Now I can do something with that recognition, right? Absolutely. And by the way, here's a $25 gift card. Yeah. yeah. I know it's not much, but it'll buy you lunch. Sure, You know, sure. hey, let me do this for you. Give it to your wife. Yeah, <laughs> you know. absolutely. You know, and, uh, and, but... I think it lands on communication. So many managers have a group of people that they might have a great job description. They might have a vision for the business, a mission for the business, but they don't talk to their team. They don't engage your team. They don't communicate with their team. So you think the manager thinks everybody knows what's going on and that's nothing but an assumption. We know what happens when you assume, right? Sure. Sure. But if you're communicating via these one-on-ones objectively on a regular basis, so many things get better. So it's communication, leaning into your team on a regular basis, giving them good education, giving them good confirmation on what's good, good construction on what's bad, and making sure we're moving toward clear, smart goals. You can get a lot done. Yeah, right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.